Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Raider Report podcast. My name is Nick Benvenuto. I'm the news editor for the Wright State Guardian, joined today by Claire O'Toole, social media assistant. Hi, guys. Holly Hewlett, social media assistant. Hey, guys. Maxwell Patton, Wright Life reporter. Hey, what's up, everybody? And we also have two special guests with us today. This is the first time we've ever had two guests on the show. We have Mr. Shay Neal and Mr. Noah Kendig. Uh, both are Wright State students, and they both co-host the Get Rowdy Wright State Raider Sports Podcast, available on WWSU 106.9 FM and on Spotify. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing, doing great, Nick. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for being here. It really means a lot. I've been wanting to talk to both of you guys. I think it's really cool that you guys do a podcast as well um, and get some insight on some of the work that you guys do. For those that don't know, Noah works with, at The Guardian with us as well. He is our um, sports writer. So it'll be cool to sit down and talk with him a little bit. And then Shay also has a job at ESPN and also does some sports commentating and broadcasting as well. So I'm really, really looking forward to this episode. So Noah and Shay, obviously you guys both have a passion for sports, um, either writing or commentating or broadcasting. Um, so how did you guys meet and when did you guys both meet and make that connection that you guys are both super into sports and want to start this podcast? Yeah, so um, I was brainstorming. I've been the uh, sports director with WWSU for two years now. I was brainstorming with uh, Mackenzie, the editor-in-chief, uh, about ways that we could expand our sports coverage and make it um, next level for uh, the Raider sports fans on campus and the Raider sports fans that tune into our broadcasts. And one of the things that we both uh, thought was a great idea from the start uh, was the uh, idea of a sports podcast where we collaborate with the Wright State Guardian sports team and the WWSU sports team and uh, kind of use both platforms uh, to expand our coverage of sports. I think it's a win-win situation and I think it's a match made in heaven because our uh, a station gets uh, different opinions and different perspectives that we've never heard from before and uh, the Guardian also gets a, a chance to uh, have even more sports coverage than they had before. So I think it's a great uh, partnership and I think Noah's done a great job with everything. Uh, and uh, couldn't ask for a better start. Yeah, from my side of things, uh, I had just gotten hired as a Guardian sports reporter, and Mackenzie had reached out to me and said, hey, we were thinking about expanding some sports coverage in ways that we've never really done before at the Guardian, and one of the things that she put forward was a podcast, and I said, the podcast sounds really fun. I've never really done anything like it before, and I think it'd be a great way to make sure that my articles can be top class if I'm talking with somebody or even by myself for 30, 40 minutes a day about sports topics, whatever it is I'm looking at, my articles are going to be a lot better. So uh, Mackenzie connected Shay and I, and we hit it off pretty quick, I think. Wow, that's awesome. Um, where does your guys' interest in sports broadcasting come from, or just broadcasting in general? Or was this kind of something new when you guys talked to Kenzie about doing the podcast? Was this kind of her idea, or was this something that you guys really wanted to do and uh, bring to life? Uh, well, I've been very passionate about sports from a very young age. I, uh, I grew up playing uh, basketball, baseball, ran a little cross country and track. And then when my playing kind of days came to an end, I'm obviously not a division one athlete like a lot of the players we cover. But 
I wanted to still find a way. I think sports is just such a huge part of who I am. And I wanted to find a way to uh, make that still an aspect of my life, uh, even though I couldn't play anymore. And my uncle uh, used to be a program director for a Dayton ESPN radio affiliate. He introduced me to the idea of podcasting and sports commentary. And uh, that really got me interested in it, probably about my junior year of high school. And then I was lucky enough when I came to Wright State to uh, be named one of the sports broadcasters. Uh, my freshman year, and then uh, became the sports director after the old sports director left. And uh, I, I, did, I just think the podcast was something that I'm very, very hard on myself, and I'm constantly trying to elevate my, uh, I guess, my work to the next level. And I think that I'd almost gotten to a state of comfort with what we were doing with sports broadcasting and mini interviews with athletes, and I wanted to push it to a level that we haven't reached before. And I think Mackenzie and I were on the exact same wavelength with that idea. Um, and as soon as I mentioned podcast with Guardian writers and with WWSU broadcasters, I think it was the perfect collaboration project that we could have come up with. And I really think it can elevate both sports departments for both um, the Guardian and WWSU to an, a level that hasn't been seen at Wright State before. For me, I was a sports kid since a pretty young age. I played soccer for 13 years. I played varsity soccer for three years. I played tennis. I ran track. Uh, but for a lot of the bigger sports, football, basketball, baseball, I guess are the big three for sports in college and American sports in general. Uh, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of them until about midway through high school when I became more interested in, I guess, the science of winning is something that I would call it. So just kind of looking at stat sheets, seeing patterns, seeing things that other people necessarily don't see, which I think, I think Shay and I are very, very good at in terms of just geeking out over stat sheets, uh, that became more interesting to me than sometimes the actual game. So I, I suppose I just wanted to become a sports reporter more because it gave me a chance to just look at the science of winning and look at those stat sheets and find patterns and things that normally I wouldn't be able to find. Who are some of your guys' professional inspirations, uh, whether that's uh, broadcasting or writing or even like a player on a team or a coach or something? Who are, who are those inspirations for you guys? Yeah, so I um when I really got into broadcasting, of course, back when I was still an athlete myself, um, I grew up. Uh, I'd say baseball was my first love, and I grew up uh, loving Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, at being a Reds fan in the Dayton area. I mean, uh, the first player I really uh, got to witness uh, in Cincinnati was Joey Votto. So those two really uh, stand out to me from my playing days. And then when I got into broadcasting. I was really, um, it really starts with my uncle and he's a, you know, just a local Dayton guy who hosted a show from three to six, but he really got me into this business and got me uh, the confidence I needed uh, to believe that I can do this as a professional career. And now that I've done it for a few years, there are definitely um, inspirations that I have in the podcasting business. I would say um, I just really like uh, guys like Joe Rogan, guys like um, just people that really do something unique. And that's something that I really look for in a podcast myself. And that's why when we got, when we came up with get rowdy, I wanted to come up with something that hasn't been done before. One of my uh, great colleagues, Justin Kenner hosts a podcast for the horizon league on every team in the horizon league. But I know Wright state has such a great fan base and I felt like they deserve their own kind of thing, their own product. And that's kind of how another reason why I came up with this idea but some of the people in the broadcasting world that I really admire, Mike Breen, uh, who does NBA games, uh, and then in the baseball world, uh, I love Marty Brenneman since I was a kid, got to meet him uh, two years ago. It was one of the greatest days of my life. And then um, Joe Davis, he's the Dodgers color com- or, uh, the Dodgers play-by-play commentator, and uh, as well as Don Orsillo, who does work for, he t- used to do work for the Boston Red Sox and now does work for the San Diego Padres. So I just really like finding people that have unique voices, that have unique styles, 
because I think that's how I consider myself in a lot of ways. I don't want to be like your stereotypical monotone broadcaster that doesn't bring energy, that doesn't bring emotion. I want to be a guy that has his own thing. And I, I think I take great passion in being uh, very unique uh, when it comes to my broadcasting. Uh, ever since I was a player from a really young age, I was a fan of the Columbus crew. I was born in Lima, Ohio, and my soccer team would always make like a yearly, a yearly pilgrimage to Columbus, Ohio to watch one of the Columbus crew games. It was always a really, really great weekend. And one of the players there that I always looked up to was a guy named uh, Federico Higuain. He was their center midfielder for, it seemed like since I was born for years and years and years, he played for them and he did a really, really fantastic job. Uh, I have a Columbus crew scarf on or right next to me right now with his face on it, actually. <laughs> uh, but he, he was always the guy that uh, he was never the star player. He was never the guy that everybody said, oh, he's going to be MLS player of the year or anything like that. But he always worked hard. He always had solid seasons. And he just, he, he always gave it his best every single game that he played. Uh, and then ever since I started work as a sports commentator, I guess one of the inspirations for the way that I want to be is a guy named Stephen A. Smith, who you've probably seen clips many, many times of online. Absolutely. Uh, just because he's always brutally honest, even if it hurts him, he's not afraid to share his opinion on subjects. He's not afraid to be honest. That's awesome. Shay, you mentioned that you're trying to bring the broadcasting uh, to like the Raider, Browdy Raiders uh fan base. And so do you guys focus mostly on your podcast on just specifically right state sports, or do you branch out and do other sports in the Dayton area as well? Cause I know uh, a lot of the sports teams have been cut from right state due to funding, but uh, there's still a lot of sports teams that are doing really well. So do you focus on like just right state sports or other sports around the area as well? Um, well, I can't predict obviously podcast is going to go it's possible that we talk about really anything as the as the uh, episodes continue but right now I think our focus is to um, really highlight the different sports around campus of course that's been hard the first three episodes because really basketball has been the only sport going on but volleyball is supposed to ramp up this week soccer uh, baseball as well cross-country track I mean there's so many sports that aren't necessarily recognized on this campus because when people think right state sports, they think women's and men's basketball. And I mean, both of those teams have championships and deserve the hype, but there's so many different other angles that you can hit on the right state baseball team, continuously getting players into the professional baseball minor league systems. Um, the volleyball team being the first team in the history of right state uh, to get an at large bid to the NCAA tournament, the soccer team beating uh, Notre Dame last year in the NCAA tournament and almost getting to the sweet 16, losing in penalty kicks to number nine, Michigan, there's just so many different storylines that I thought would be such a cool thing to hit on and make sure that our teams are covering all the time. Uh, and we also expanded a little bit to the Horizon League as a whole, where uh, we've had a segment where we talked about three teams in the conference that aren't right state that, that are intriguing to us. Uh, we've talked about conference player of the year, conference teams, stuff like that. So this isn't right state exclusive. Of course, we talk about opponents and teams around the league that are, uh, you know, intriguing to right state as the season continues. But, uh, I really want this to be uh, something for Raiders sports fans, because I know there's a lot of people, especially in a time like this, uh, where they're working two jobs, maybe even three jobs, just to you know make ends meet and make sure they can pay their rent or their mortgage or something like that. And they can't tune into every Wright State sporting event or follow their favorite teams like they wish they could. And I understand that. And I think that's why uh, another reason why Mackenzie, Noah, and I came up with this idea where 30, 45 minutes a week, let us get you caught up, let us help you out, and uh, make sure you're up to date on your favorite sports teams. So. Shay, you have been on ESPN 
Um, and you got started with, uh, your uncle was involved with that. What is it like seeing your name associated with it? Uh, it's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. It's no doubt, um, just, uh, it's like a dream where I was hired at ESPN the day I turned 18, but I wasn't supposed to do anything that involved being on air. I was hired to answer phones. I was hired to, you know, bring on interviewees. I was hired to occasionally come up with topics for the host, stuff like that. I was, I was the dude behind the scenes that nobody heard of um, (laughs) for a year and a half. And then uh, pretty much halfway into my age 19 year, I guess, maybe a little bit before I turned 20, um, they started letting me come on the show a little bit, uh, voice my opinion. And then it got to the point where now I host a Reds themed show on Wednesday nights called Wing Reds Live. And it's so cool to think that I'm, I'm 21 years old. I'm not supposed to be, you know, a show host for ESPN. I don't, I mean, I know it's a Dayton affiliate and we're not talking about LA or uh, Dallas or Chicago or something like that. But still the fact that I'm three years removed from high school and four years removed from never picking up a microphone. And I'm hosting a show for hundreds of people on Wednesday nights that love sports just as much as me. I mean, it's a dream come true. When I started in this uh, career path in this business, I mean, it's everything I could have hoped for and then some. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you've had a lot of incredible moments. What was your first moment? Like, did you have a wow moment when you realized I'm actually doing this? And what was that like? Yeah. So my wow moment was actually my freshman year at Wright State. I um, was doing basketball broadcasts, but I was like the second or third string broadcaster, if you will, where I wasn't the go-to guy for all the big games. Um, And I I just kind of filled in when I was needed. Um, And of course, that's still a role that's important, but I I never really thought of how this unfolded. But uh, the sports director at the time, Blake Sutherland, uh, we were supposed to go to Detroit, Michigan for the Horizon League tournament, and I figured it was going to be Blake and you know some other older broadcaster that he wanted to take with him. We had really talented broadcasters at the time, Afi Tintolo, um, Doug Levis, um, Doug, Darren Glines. I mean, we had such a good team. And I'm, and then Blake calls me about two days before uh, the trip to Detroit and says, I can't make it. Nobody else can make it. Do you want to go to Detroit and call the games? And I'm like, wait, you mean by myself? And he's like, yeah. And um, so I went and did that at the time of my life. Uh, my throat has never forgiven me for that, doing four games in two days by myself. Um, I, <laughs> I still have nightmares about that, but it was the time of my life, getting to stay in a hotel in Detroit. Get, you know, It was that first sense of not in broadcasting, but also as an adult having that freedom where, hey, uh, you have to be in Detroit by 11 a.m. tomorrow. You have to be at the arena by noon. And like just having that kind of full day of this is what it's like to be in this professional field. And then we got, we came back from Detroit. That was the year the Wright States men's team won the horizon league championship. And I assumed the season was over. And then I get a text from Blake about two weeks later and says, Hey, I booked a flight for us to Dallas for the NCAA tournament. We leave at eight tomorrow morning. And so that moment has always kind of stood out to me as the moment when it's like, wow, I, this is real life. I'm flying to Dallas. The hotel has been paid for. I have a media pass into the arena. I don't have to pay for tickets. I only have to take care of like my own food and I get to spend three days in Dallas. So that was like the moment where it's like, I'm 18 years old and I've done this for six months. Why is this happening to me? <laughs> it sounds like you never slow down, do you? Not at all. No, I, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, keeping the feet moving forward, I guess. So uh, I'm always, one of my biggest things is that I never want to plateau. I always want to find that next level. So I've never, uh, I've always tried to find uh, new levels I can reach for sure. Yeah, so you did mention uh, coming to college and uh, 
getting those experiences that was your first wow moment. How else has being a student at Wright State helped you pursue your dreams? Well, being a student at Wright State has been huge because um, I don't think I could have gotten this experience at any other university because not only is it a school that is the perfect size for what I wanted to do, where it's big enough, where there's constantly sports to cover and there's constantly people that are interested and want to get involved, but it's also small enough where I didn't have to be at a school like an Ohio State or a Cincinnati where I wouldn't get a chance to be on the radio as a student until I was a senior. I got three, four years to brand, uh, you know, build my brand up and also help people who wanted to build their brand up as well. And I think that's the most rewarding part of all of it. But I think Wright State really embraced me uh, in sort of a family role where I work with so many talented people. I work with so many amazing people where it's not just a business relationship. It's also how are you doing in your classes? It's how are you doing with your mental health? It's how are you doing? Um, you know, do you have enough money to pay for rent this month? Do you are, are you good on food? All that kind of stuff where, especially in a time like this, that extra effort and that extra um, relationship that we have with each other is a really special thing. So I think Wright State, looking back on it, I couldn't be more proud and more excited to call myself an alumni of Wright State here at the end of this year uh, because uh, I'm definitely, no matter where my career takes me to whatever city, whatever state, wherever I end up going, um, I'm going to be proud to uh, brag that I'm a Wright State grad for the rest of my life because this university has really given me the opportunity that I don't think anywhere else would have. Man, that's awesome. They should feature you as a alumni someday. Um, so take us back to your uncle and ESPN. How in the world did you get started with this? <laughs> Um, I still don't know, to be honest with you. Um, so I, uh, like I said, about a year before I turned 18, he got me interested in the sports broadcasting field. Uh, and I would do, you know, the nerdy stuff that a 17 year old who doesn't have resources <laughs> would do. I would sit in my basement and mute a baseball game on TV and just talk for three hours. Or I would bring one of my friends from the high school football team and do like a 15 minute little podcast episode with him and posted on a YouTube channel that had like 23 subscribers. So, I mean, we were at the point where I was doing whatever I could just to kind of fill that hole of just the passion and the love that I had for it. For it. And then when I turned 18, uh, he said, hey, one of our producers, our board operators has taken a different job. And uh, shout out to Aaron Woods, by the way. He's now uh, one of the hosts of Country Mornings on 99.1. So uh, if he's listening to this, he's one of my best friends and he is doing great things. But um, he so he's like, hey, I got a spot for you if you want it. And he's like, you're not going to make a lot of money and nobody's going to really know who you are, but it's at least a foot into the door of this business. And I was 18 years old and I said, yeah, I'll take it. And just the the journey that I've had from thinking that I was going to do that for the majority of college. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to be the guy who answers phones and is, and then when I graduate college, I'll say, Hey, at least I worked in an, a technically an ESPN station for four years. But the fact that it's really elevated to so much more than that, and that I have a resume that I couldn't have even dreamed of two or three years ago um, is just a, a dream come true. Like I, I keep, I keep coming back to that. And that's really what the best way I can describe it because it's never really something that I imagined possible. It's like I've been sleeping for the last five years and I don't want to wake up. So uh, it's a really, really cool experience. And I was very, very lucky to have that perfect timing where there was a job opening and the person who was hiring uh, was related to me. So he, he always tells me not to tell people that story because he doesn't want 
people to think that I was hand, uh, you know, gifted, uh, 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 I guess, entry into the business. But uh, I think I've done enough on my own that I can start sharing that story now. And he doesn't have to feel like uh, he is the reason why I'm here. So I uh, it's it was just perfect timing for everything. No, that's okay. It's good to have uncles in the business wherever you are. I got some of those too. Um, So as you've been uh, dreaming and hopefully not to wake up, what is your favorite sport to follow or call games for? That's a really tough question. The follow is easy. It's baseball. Baseball has been my love since I was about six years old. Um, And it's just, uh, it's something that I, I don't envision ever being able to live without. It's something where I will watch two or three games a day. Um, I will pay extra money to be able to watch teams that I don't even care about. I will. um, It's just, it's one of those things that I just can't envision life without it at this point. And the day that I was told I could host a a Cincinnati Reds show for an ESPN affiliate was like the, you know, being six years old and being told that you're a superhero kind of feeling where um, (laughs) it was just like, Oh my God, like this is everything I've rooted for, or this is everything I've hoped for since I was like seven years old. Um, and it's, it's, so it's just really, baseball is definitely the favorite sport to follow, but to broadcast is a much tougher question because baseball, I really, really love broadcasting baseball games. And I think there's a lot of paths that my career could take where I am a baseball commentator and I would be very happy. Uh, but I also love what Wright State basketball has been able to give me. And uh, it's a totally different experience because it's a totally different pace where my basketball is so much faster and baseball is so much slower. So baseball, you have to worry about filling a lot of time where nothing's going on and kind of filling that in with stats or uh, useful information or interesting facts or something like that. In basketball, you have to learn how to call the game and get out of the way before something happens that you don't want to interrupt over. Uh, so it's just two very different experiences, and it's uh, I've been lucky enough to do both because I think they've challenged me in different ways, and I think it makes me more well-rounded as a broadcaster where I'm excited about the possibility of speaking to networks or radio stations or professional sports teams or whatever and saying, hey, I'm comfortable broadcasting four or five sports because I, I don't think that I ever really envisioned that being a possibility two or three years ago. So you kind of talked about like the challenges and all of the things that you've been able to accomplish um, you know, in such a short period of time and you're still so young. So one of the questions that I had, um, is like, how do you deal with the nerves of this? Um, especially at the beginning, I can imagine your first game commentating, you know, um, or even the time that you, you know, you got sent off and you had a couple games to do by yourself and in a very short time, like, how did you deal with the nerves of that? Were you like talking to yourself in your head? Like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Was there like a, like a warm up routine? How, how do you go about that? Uh, th- that's a big part of it. Yeah. Just kind of convincing yourself. Uh, I still deal with a-, a lot of anxiety and nerves to this day. I mean, it's not something that you really ever, I think, conquer. It's just something you kind of learn how the best ways to deal with it. But definitely that first year, especially, um, totally went into every game, like, okay, I'm calling a game with a 22 year old who's done this for three years. Don't get in his way. Don't get in his way. <laughs> and, now I, and now here, uh, this is my fourth year doing right state basketball. And I still, before every game, I'm like, okay, don't screw something up. Make sure every wire's hooked in, make sure that your internet's hooked up. Right. Don't you have to be on within, you know, 60 seconds of when you say you're going to be on. So there's just so many things that I think, um, could go wrong and that are, are kind of those things that you think about that, you know, oh, I got to make sure everything's perfect. But I think something that's really helped me is just, like I mentioned, just, I just, tell, I'm lucky to have the the greatest support system I could ask for where my family um, 
is just the absolute best. And I, I uh, actually got a text a couple of days ago after one of the games this weekend uh, from my grandfather. And he uh, just, he just, it's just those little things where I get a text from him that says, um, your, you know, you, your commentary was very smooth and your research of the team, both teams show that you definitely did your homework. I really think you have a future in this business and stuff like that just really does go a long way. Oh, that's great. It may seem like something that isn't a big deal to a lot of people, but it is uh, a really big thing for somebody like me that is constantly psyching myself up. And I, I do, I push myself harder than anyone else does because I really do think I can be, uh, I, I think I can be really good at what I do. And um, so I'm really hard on myself. I'm always criticizing myself. Uh, but to have the family and the friends that I have that are constantly supporting me in everything I do and um, listen to, you know, every game that they get a chance to listen to and just constantly supporting me. And every time I get in my own head and say I'm not good enough, they'll say, hey, remember how bad you were when you were 18? Look at you now. And so it's just stuff like that that I think is really, really awesome. And so every time the nerves kind of come up on me, like you said, Nick, um, it's just thinking back on how lucky I am and how uh, I have a lot of people that would be willing to go to war for me, no matter what I decide to do with my life. And I think that really helps me get through it. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah. You, um, you touched on this a bit earlier, Shay, about the podcast, but I was also wondering beyond that, what aspirations and goals do you have for your broadcast career? Besides being a little less nervous. <laughs> well, that is my biggest goal, being <laughs> a little less nervous. That's for sure. Um, but I think uh, I'm, I, I am one of those people that I don't think small picture. I think big picture. And I think that I really do have a chance to be uh, really, really good at what I'm doing. And I think I can take it to like, I, I constantly think I can hit a new level. And I think if you don't have that thought that you're not going to last very long in sports media, because you have to not only believe that you're better than other people in your position, but you also have to be willing to outwork them. And I think that the one of the traits that I was blessed to have when I got into this was that I have the, the drive and the motivation. And that comes from the fact that I love what I do and that I'm passionate about it. I've never once felt like it's a job. It feels like I get to, you know, I get to, I don't think about, I'm talking for two hours for, you know, dozens of people calling a basketball game. I think, hey, I'm a 21 year old. I get to go to a basketball game, not have to pay for tickets. And, you know, they, right. they sometimes bring me water. Like that's super cool. So um, I think that that's something that I, my drive and my motivation makes it where I always want to hit that next level. So my long-term career goals would be to be like a Colin Cowherd or be like a Mike Greenberg and have, say that I have a, an afternoon show or a morning show for, a Fox Sports LA or a Fox Sports Chicago or a Fox Sports um, Dallas or something like that, or a big ESPN affiliate in New York or something like that. Because I really do think uh, with enough time and effort put into this, and I think uh, I've Wright State's put me on a really good track. And I think if I keep uh, my eyes locked on what I can do and what I can accomplish, I think the sky's the limit for me. That's awesome. Noah, here's my first question for you. Um, can you describe the feeling that you get from being involved in a sports broadcast? and really just getting the opportunity to witness a sports game from a broadcasting perspective? Uh, I, I think the best way to describe it would be uh, to ask Mackenzie what it was like the first time that I went to a basketball game, uh, because I was lighting up her Slack messages with, this is so cool, this is awesome, <laughs> dude, what the heck. 
uh, I don't know if you guys have seen like the intro video for Wright State's men's basketball team, like for the season. But like all the li- but like when the starters are getting introduced, all the lights go down and they start playing this like epic music with all the players being introduced. And I didn't know that was gonna happen. And I'm sitting like f- maybe 20 feet away from the players when all this is going down. So I was freaking out. I was like getting out my phone to like record all this stuff. So I, I guess the the biggest feeling that I get is just like excitement and. I feel just really lucky to be able to just sit and watch a game for free and report on it and get some free drinks as well while I'm at it. You know, I notice you guys keep using the word free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're college students, man. Free is very, very good. Free is, free is good when you're in college. Yes. Agreed. The two best words in college are free and canceled. But if you hear the words free pizza is canceled, then that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Noah, what goals do you have set for yourself in terms of your professional career? Uh, at the beginning of the semester, I was planning on, well, I'm an English major right now, and I'm pursuing a degree, a degree in teaching English to speakers of other languages. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do for a long time in high school. And uh, I started really getting in more into media writing my junior and senior year of high school with my own high school newspaper. And now with The Guardian, I've been doing a lot more reporting and I've been doing a lot more writing for The Guardian here. So as of right now, I, I just like to share my love of language with wherever it is that I go, whether I'm teaching English to students in a foreign country or whether later on I decide that sports media is something that I really do want to pursue. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, where my professional career will take me, but wherever it is, I imagine that I'll be sharing my love of language with an audience, whether that's in a classroom or whether it's to uh, hundreds of people over a sports game. Love that. Uh, now, what what would you say is your favorite sport to follow, uh, and which is your favorite to write stories on? Uh, my favorite sport to follow is going to be soccer. It was my main sport for 13 years. It was what I played. It's the sport that I've always loved since I was a kid. Uh, my favorite sport to watch, I would say, are the more American sports, which are like football and basketball. And by that, I mean that there's always like something exciting going on. I think why soccer isn't always important in America is because with our sports like football and basketball, there always seems to be something going on where a score in a basketball game can be in the nba it can be something like 100 to 80 and soccer the even in a really really good game the score will be like four to three in 90 minutes so uh the the most exciting sport to report on for Wright state is going to be basketball just because there's always like stuff going on uh but the sport that has a special place in my heart will always be soccer because it got my foot in the door how would you say that being a student at Wright state has helped you uh, pursue the goals that you were uh, you were discussing. I mean, it's everything. Uh, just the teachers so far, just in my first few semesters of Wright State, have been super supportive with whatever it is I want to do, whether it was for education or whether it was for media reporting. Uh, my editors at The Guardian, uh, Mackenzie and Dylan and everybody has just been so, so supportive of me, and they've already helped me to become a much better writer than I thought I would ever be. 
and just e- even in terms of sports reporting, I didn't think that I would honestly hear that much about Wright State sports just because everything going on. I'm not a student that stays on campus. I'm staying off campus right now just because of everything that's going on with COVID. So I didn't think I would hear that much about Wright State sports. But even in my two courses that I have that I've had on campus so far, I've heard students talking about basketball games. I've heard teachers talking about basketball games. Uh, so just being able to, I guess, be involved with the culture of Wright State is helping you become a much better sports reporter. I have a question that I want to ask kind of both of you that has been on my mind just, just from listening to you guys talk. Um, and it's something that I feel like I can align myself with as well. Um, and that's just like passion and love of what you're doing. Um, both of you guys kind of mentioned that, you know, this is stuff that you love to do and it doesn't feel like work. And you get to go and you're kind of just in all of the opportunities that you've been, um, you know, afforded by not only like Wright State, but, you know, other organizations as well. Um, So can you guys just talk to like how important that is, um, you know, being passionate about what you're doing um, and how that can just, you know, just propel you forward in life in general? Um, I feel like there's a lot of times that people get stuck working jobs. You know, it's a nine to five that they hate doing and they they dread waking up in the morning and going to do this work that they don't want to do. Um, but that's the complete opposite of what you guys get to do. Um, so just speak to, you know, how important that is to your guys' livelihood. And just in general, it, it's helped me so much having a job that I enjoy doing. Uh, even before I was a sports reporter, having something that, you know, has a weekly deadline. Uh, for the first few weeks, honestly, it felt like a class and it was something that I, I wasn't really enjoying. But as I kind of got better at uh, finding pitches and finding things that I wanted to write about, and the editors were super supportive with whatever I wanted to write about that week, it seemed like they always went that extra mile to make sure I could write about that thing. Uh, so just having something that I enjoy, that I look forward to doing, especially in this time where uh, it was really difficult to meet other students. It was really difficult to get involved in my classes. It mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it improved my mental health so much and it, it improved my grades, honestly, so much. I, f- I feel like my GPA would be a full uh, 1.0 lower if it hadn't been for the Guardian and the job that I'm doing right now. Yeah, I think uh, it's really important, like Noah said, to if you're doing something, uh, if you plan on doing something with, you know, professional aspirations, um, you can't, you have, it has to be something that you're passionate about. And it has to be something, it's really hard, especially nowadays when you ha- you can't really be as picky because of the circumstances, but mm-hmm. finding that balance between what you're good at and what you love to do. And I, I'm, bl- I, I'm extremely fortunate that uh, what I love to do is also happens to be what I'm good at. So I think um, it's it's been great because it's allowed me to where I've never burned myself out and I've never really gotten sick of doing it. Uh, and that's something that I don't take for granted because I know a lot of my friends and my colleagues and stuff like that have burned themselves out um, because it's it happens to a lot of people in all in all areas of um, of professional work. A lot right. of people can get burned out. Right. Absolutely. And I think um, so I think on that side of it it's allowed me to be a better broadcaster uh, because I can put more time into it without worrying about pushing myself too hard. And it's also like Noah said, um, made me a better student and a better uh, member of campus because I came in, I didn't obviously come in during the the coronavirus era, but I did come in um, as a student living off campus uh, as an 18 year old freshman. That's always been kind of introverted and shy and wasn't very good at making friends and WWSU gave me a chance to interact with people that I that loved what I love to do. And it gave me that opportunity to, you know, come out of my shell a little bit. And now I couldn't have imagined, you know, two, three years later, going from that shy 18 year old freshman that 
could barely stand in a room with eight people, let alone talk to them. And now I'm sitting here as a director and a a position of leadership and one of the, what I feel is just one of the crazier moments of growth uh, that I've experienced in my life. I think Rights Data and WWSU has allowed me to mature in a lot of ways. And uh, I think that the passion that I have for what I do has uh, definitely made me a better man. That's awesome, man. I can I can tell just by listening to you talk that you really do truly love what you're doing and you're passionate about it. And I, I'm a believer that that, you know, that passion and love will take you far in life and no matter what you're doing. So, you know, just from my perspective, I think you're going to go far. Um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors as well outside of Wright State. Um, so we have one, one last question that we do like to ask everybody that comes on. Um, and I think that you guys might have an interesting take on this as well, because you guys are constantly doing work that requires you to talk and be engaged and active. So do you guys drink coffee? And if you do drink coffee, how do you guys take your coffee? I do not drink coffee. I have, I've had coffee. I think I was, I was scarred for life when I tried, uh, <laughs> scarred I, for life. Well, listen, man, I tried my parents' coffee when I was back in middle school and I wasn't ready to try it yet. And it was like, and it was bitter and it was gross and it was disgusting <laughs> and it tasted horrible. And it was the, it was the worst thing I have ever tasted in my life. And I've never had the guts to try coffee ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, honestly for me, uh, in terms of just waking up in the morning, something as simple as putting my alarm clock out of bed reach so that I have to get up in order to turn my alarm clock off. That's just helped me get up every single morning. <laughs> yeah. Say, what about you? I had a similar experience to Noah when I was in eighth grade, I was in the process of getting confirmed and uh, we went on this like little mission trip or whatever that we had to do for confirmation. And I had a cup of just straight black coffee at like 13 years old and like nauseous. And I didn't touch it again until I was about 16. And then when I was about a junior in high school, we got to, you know, final exam week and then like our big tests for the year. And I'm like, Oh God, I got to get into college. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Caffeine become my life. And now (laughs) I I wouldn't say I drink coffee regularly. I really only drink it when I need it. So maybe, um, three, four times a month, I'd say once a week max. Um, but I'm definitely addicted to caffeine. I don't know if any of you drink a pure leaf, but I have at least one. Oh yeah, I love it. I have at least one or two pure leafs a day. It cures my throat after calling games and it also gives me my caffeine. So it's a win-win. Um, but uh, so I wouldn't say I'm addicted to coffee, but when I do take it, I'm a very, um, I am a very uh, lame person, I guess, where I like it. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say as sugary as possible because there is a line where it gets gross, uh, yeah. but I got I to gotta have uh, a couple of scoops of sugar in there and a little bit of cream. I, I, I love my favorite coffee creamer is always French vanilla, but I will also go. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll always go for the uh, the peppermint one, though, as well. So um, definitely uh, pretty simple with it, just cream and sugar. But uh, got to make it a little bit sweet because straight black coffee is something I will never try again. <laughs> <laughs> it can be rough. It can be rough. Shay and Noah, do you guys want to go ahead and talk a little bit about your guys' podcast, where people can find it, and do a nice little uh, plug there? Yeah, sure. So our podcast, like you mentioned, called Get Rowdy, the Raider Sports Podcast. So we are we air it on WWSU on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Each episode somewhere between about 30 and 45 minutes. It's never more than an hour, but we try to keep it a little bit less than an hour to make it practical for people to listen to. Uh, but it airs on Wednesdays at 3, WWSU 106.9. You can also follow the station's social media at WWSU 106.9. Uh, we'll also post updates all the time on there. And then on Thursday, we share it on our social media, and you can access it pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. So uh, 
we also like you guys have an anchor FM uh, channel that uh, feeds it everywhere. And uh, so that gets released on Thursdays. So if you want to catch it, uh, nice. if you want to catch it first, tune into the station on Wednesdays. And then uh, if you can't catch it on Wednesday, you can catch it on Thursday as well. If you are a fan of right state sports, whatever that sport may be, whether it's basketball, volleyball, soccer, if there's a game in the past week, Shay and I are going to talk about it. We're going to cover it. Uh, I think up in the, I, I think in our next podcast, we're going to be talking about women's volleyball taking on NKU. Uh, and then the games that just happened over the weekend where the women beat Purdue Fort Wayne twice. Anyway. Yeah. So we'll be talking basically everything right state sports for the past week. So if you are interested in seeing two nerds geek out over stat sheets, definitely be sure to check out the podcast. That's pretty much the best way I could sum it up. Two nerds geeking out over <laughs> pretty much exactly. If, if we had a, you know, a description page on a YouTube channel, a Spotify channel, whatever, that's exactly what I'm going to put from now on. Well, I'm going to start to listen in because I like listening to nerds talk about stat sheets as well. So I'm going to be a fan. Um, I'm going to listen in Maxwell. Do you want to talk about your show? Uh, yes, I do. If you like uh, rock music and pop music and literally any music like literally ever made, um, that isn't explicit because you know the FCC would kill us. Um, please, at least tune into uh, the show Rock and Raider. Uh, we're going to be live from three to five uh, every Monday, right before uh, the Raider Report. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we talk about uh, music, uh, and a lot of pop culture stuff too. Like usually, like award shows or comic books or stuff that's been happening. And tomorrow will actually be the debut on our show of it coinciding with the uh, musically right podcast uh we had another person from the guardian uh tracy evett uh, he was on the um, our first episode and the conversation is super hilarious um so i would definitely recommend checking it out i'll probably post it uh to spotify and anchor here in the next couple of days nice and as always check out our socials at wsu guardian we're on twitter facebook linkedin youtube all over the place facebook uh, we have your right source of news anywhere you guys want to find it. Um, Shay, Noah, thank you so much for being here. It's been awesome having you guys on. Um, I'm really excited to listen to your guys' podcast and um, all of the work that you guys are going to be putting out here in the future. Um, I think you guys are awesome. And uh, like I said, I, I love sports as well myself. I love listening to people talk about it. So I'm going to be a big fan of whatever you guys put out. So thank you guys so much for being here. Maxwell, Holly, Claire, thank you so much for being here as well. Um, it's always great doing episodes with you guys on a weekly basis. We will be back for episode number 20 next week. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.